Hello, funky listeners. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. And you are the listeners. And all of us together is Funk Radio. Hello. And we are the people. We are the world. We are the children. We We are the ones who make a brighter day. I was gonna, I was trying to remember the rest of that. I was that trying. Line. I was kind of remembering it as I was saying it. It's been a long time since I heard that song. We need to bring back the optimism of the '80s, where you can just get a bunch of celebrities together and have them sing a song, and it just fixes everything. That's true. I actually thought you were gonna say we need to bring back funk karaoke, but I that don't, too. I don't think anyone would ever say that. <laughs> Did we ever talk about that on the show? I think I we remember. did when we had like thinking back to the old college radio yeah. show. That was towards the end of the radio show where we just kind of stopped giving a fuck. <laughs> Fun times. So Kyle, you were just recently saying, I don't remember if it was on the air or just to me, but you were saying, oh, we should do an album review. And uh, lo and behold... One of our an album, yeah. We one of our go to bands, Poolside, uh, just released an album yesterday, as of this yes. recording. So, good timing on that. So we decided to really listen to it, you know, really pretty much right as it came out, and try to get an episode out to give an early review of this. So that's fun. Yep. So we have actually reviewed Poolside a couple of times on the show before. So their second album came out in 2017, and we reviewed that one. Um, And I think we also did one of their mixtapes at some point, too, but I don't remember when that was. But uh, as we've said, really, I guess if you were to try to pin down their sound um, in a sentence or two, I think it's kind of hard to do. (laughs) Um, They uh, they seem to kind of have their own unique spin on like chill wave, chill hop, vapor wave. Yeah, with kind of elements of disco almost, um, but in like a really low key relaxing sense um it's a it's it's a pretty cool sound and you know they've been around for the better part of a decade now and um Mm -hmm. this uh this new album that just came out on february 7th 2020 uh it's called low season and it's their third album we have a bit to uh i guess of, of their prior catalog to compare this to um which i think can be a blessing and a curse and uh, I, I think one thing I did actually want to start with, normally I wouldn't do this, but I want to just do a very brief history or at least like a timeline of uh, what has happened in the last eight years or so with them. Okay. Because I think it the that context, I think is going to give a good setup for where we, where we stand with this album, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so their first album was called Pacific Standard Time and was released back in 2012. Um, at the time, it was just two guys, um, Jeffrey Paradise and Philip Nikolic, um, who had, you know, they were based in L.A. and they basically converted a pool house into a recording studio, uh, hence their name, Poolside. And um, I found an article on the website Pop Dust, which was kind of gave a little bit of interesting background here. Uh, it said, quote, after their projects released, the band toured for two years straight, slowly building up their fan base. As more people started to listen, Poolside began to pull away. And uh, Jeffrey Paradise said, quote, we began this project for fun. And once it took on on a lot of significance to us and our fans, it was honestly pretty tricky to write music that was relaxed and carefree. And so I guess they took off a year to really kind of decide and like reflect on like whether they really wanted to continue making music. 
Um, and he said, quote, after that year, we almost felt like we were a new band and that we didn't have to chase that momentum. Um, so that's something I had never read before, you know, having listened to their music for a number of years now. I didn't realize that they kind of had this existential crisis. <laughs> um, yeah. Considering yeah. their music is so low key and relaxing. And then they were like, you know, how do we meet the expectations of our growing fan base? Basically. That's kind of, that's kind of an interesting take on music in general is like, once you reach a certain level of success, there's this sort of expectation, uh, that you have to top yourself or that you have to always be getting better. And if you don't, then people are going to be like, oh, that's derivative or, oh, that sounds just like their last album. And yeah. I know, I know in some of the reviews we've even done, we've kind of grappled with, you know, do we criticize a band for not pushing the boundaries enough or do we criticize a band for playing it safe or for yeah. experimenting too much? It's kind of that fine line. So for them to, basically take a step back and like kind of reassess i guess yeah and kind of come back at it as if they're starting starting over starting new like oh this is our first album again wink wink right um that's that's kind of an interesting mental process i think i wish kind of more musicians were able to do i mean i'm sure the demands of you know contracts and record labels keep a lot of musicians from doing that because you know it's like oh you're successful so we're gonna make you turn out an album every year or two right um but yeah i mean just even from a creative standpoint outside of music i i think that's an interesting take sometimes like almost like if you have writer's block or something you kind of just have to take some time off take a step back and come at something with a fresh perspective yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, as speaking also as a creative person, I think time can sometimes be the best thing for you um, in terms of just giving yourself that time to come up with new ideas or to have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said that, like, you kind of have to strike a balance between do you keep doing the same thing because you're good at that or do you try new things and risk whatever? So I think either way, there's a risk of disappointing people. Um mm -hmm. And you can't really please You're never everybody. Please everybody, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. So I thought that it was kind of an interesting little bit of background. Um, so after they came back from that, taking that year off, they said, "Okay, well, we're just going to keep going and do our own thing." Um, so they released their second album called Heat in 2017, and that's the one that we, we reviewed on this show. And the article described it as a project that seemingly encapsulated what they always wanted their sound to be. Um, and I felt that that album was pretty, I mean, it had definitely had its similarities to the first one, but it was definitely different in a lot of ways too. But I liked that album a lot. And yeah, I, I, I like both of those albums a lot for slightly different reasons, but I think they're both really good. So something else I didn't know, and it seems I was trying to figure out when exactly this happened, but I guess it was after that album came out in 2017. Um, one of the two original guys, uh, Philip, actually left the band um, in that same year. So this third album now is really the first album that this band has had without one of their two founding members. And, you know, after after they've decided, OK, we're just going to let our sound develop naturally as however we see fit. This is really the first album that that's, I think, settled in completely, if you will. 
mm-hmm. um, after they made that decision, uh, at least in the sense that one of the original guys isn't there anymore. So I think that is a good lead in into what we're probably going to be talking about for a good portion of this review is just mm-hmm. how this sounds quite a bit different from the first two albums. And I think that context helps a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, again, you know, we're, we're going to we'll get into it more when we get into the individual songs, but mm-hmm. I know I've had similar critiques of, um, I'm totally spacing on the name right now. What's that other, um, kind of low-key band that we did a couple album reviews for the one one of one of their albums is like chocolate or something oh breakbot thank you yeah i know i had similar critiques of breakbot once he kind of you know did some new stuff and i was just like "Mm, i don't know if i like that um yeah but i feel like in this genre this kind of i guess i'll overgeneralize it and call it like electronic music um I feel like there's more necessity to experiment because electronic music is so accessible to people. It's a lot, there's a lot lower barrier to entry to make electronic music than there is to say make rock music or pop music. Mm -hmm. So there's always this necessity to kind of differentiate yourself from others. So once you become popular to a certain degree, I'm sure every band is going to have imitators. So maybe right. there's like that need to change, not only creatively to push yourself, but just to kind of keep ahead of the copycats or something. I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting at. No, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, I, I there's probably a certain amount of just like not wanting to necessarily be stagnant either. Um, yeah. Within your own sound, um, you know, which is respectable. I, I can respect that for sure. So you were actually if before right before we started recording, you were commenting to me that this album is fairly short overall, which is something that I noticed immediately too. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, only thirty three minutes. Yeah, it's not bad. There's only eight songs on the album, as opposed to how many are on Heat? Heat has thirteen songs. It, oh wow, Heat's almost well, twice as long. Their first album was over an hour long. I don't remember They're how long shorter. Heat is, but I think maybe like uh, it says fifty eight minutes for Heat. So. Really, for both of their albums, first two albums being around an hour, this one being about half that, it was noticeable to me. Mm-hmm. It almost felt like yeah, a, it, a, like a, a EP plus. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that it was. It's almost like an extended EP. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so as we said, there's eight songs. I feel like it's short enough that we can probably just touch on each of the songs, at, mm-hmm. even briefly in some cases. Uh, so actually, something else too, Kyle, that I was thinking about that in prior album reviews that we've done, um, and I always think of this kind of after the fact, but we tend to talk about a song for like 10 minutes and then we're like, oh yeah, the listeners should probably hear a clip. So <laughs> what I'm thinking of is we'll probably like mention the title of a song as we get into it and then we'll play a clip first okay, so that the listeners can hear a little bit of it and then we'll kind of talk about our thoughts after that. That um, sounds good. Cool. So... um. Let's just go in chronological order, I guess. Um, So the first song is called Abandoned Tunnel. And um, here's a little clip, listeners.
I thought this was sort of an interesting choice, I guess, for the opener. Yeah, this is this is the song that definitely made me realize, like, okay, this is not uh, not like the other Poolside albums. Yeah. Um, well, that sax it, comes in within the first few seconds, and you're like, well, that was unexpected. It's yeah, it literally sounds like pers- someone playing a saxophone in a, in a tunnel. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if that's what they were going for. I don't know how to feel about this song. Like, I like sax. It sounds like sexy sax. I don't know. It just sounds like it should be like the the background track to some like '80s movie or something, as opposed <laughs> to like right. a song. If that makes sense. Something I wrote down was actually that I feel like this actually would have made a really good ending to the album rather than the first track. That's a good point. Like I've, the last time I was listening to it, I was like, you know, imagining this at the end of the album it actually makes a lot more sense. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't. I didn't think about it that way because yeah, it's it's such a weird way to open, but it seems more like a fitting end. Yeah. It seems like the. It seems like the song. The song you'd hear on end credits. Yeah, yeah. To an '80s movie, I guess. Yes. Um, now it is worth noting that they do seem to start each of their albums as kind of like a shorter, subdued instrumental track, but yeah, I, I, despite that trend, I think this one feels a little out of place, I guess. But you know, like you said. It's kind of a really immediate way to say, hey, everybody, this is going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to a clip of the second song, Feel High, featuring Ben Browning. I felt that this this is in my top three personally. Yeah, um, same. It, to me, I the note I wrote basically was that um, it's one of the more genuinely poolside sounding songs on this album. Yes, exactly. I don't know who Ben Browning is. Um, oh, he's from he's from Cut Copy. Okay. Oh, That's interesting. Pertinent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I I I feel like this song is pretty fun and. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything necessarily interesting to say about it. I just like it a lot. It, yeah, it does. You're right. It does sound much more poolside, um, which I think is kind of a theme for me. The ones that I seem to gravitate towards, I think, are the most poolside sounding as opposed to the ones <laughs> that are are more experimental. Yeah. This one's probably, it's it's definitely my top two. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I'm glad we're in agreement on that, I guess. <laughs> Yay. So I guess next, um, the third song is called Can't Stop Your Lovin' featuring Panama. So let's go ahead and listen to a clip of this, listeners. This one is probably my favorite song on the album. 
That's even though it it's not super poolside-y sounding, but I don't know who this Panama person is, but I love the vocals on this song so much. It sounds very contemporary R&B to me hmm. that for some reason I just really jived with this song. I don't know why. Yeah, so actually, this I think this is a case where I actually feel the opposite. Um, oh, interesting. The, the, note I, <laughs> the note I wrote down for this song is... Eh. Um. <laughs> now it's funny because i don't really recognize panama by name but i swear i've heard his voice before somewhere but i could not pin down where i've heard it um yeah that's a good point i i, I wish i could have found that out but i was trying to figure it out and i couldn't find it so um anyway i'm not really a fan of his vocal style um which is i think makes it more interesting just because like this is exactly opposite of what you were just saying, but I don't think it's a bad song, and I think it's interesting that they're collaborating with different vocalists. Which this mm-hmm. album is really the first time that they've done that. True. So I give I give them points for that. I think that's interesting. Just for a little bit of context, uh, I I found it here. It says Panama is an electronic project by singer songwriter Jara McCleary from Sydney, Australia. He released a single, Strange Feeling, which received over 200,000 SoundCloud plays in seven days. Uh, in 2017, he worked with Philip Nikolic from Poolside. Oh, okay. So there you go. So they have, like, prior... They have, yeah, they have worked together before. Together. Which is funny, because Philip is the one who left, so... That is I guess he's worked with both of them now. Yeah. In different contexts. That's cool. This is the other song that's probably in my top two and possibly even my favorite song. So it's it, it's good, I guess, that we don't have the same opinion. Yeah, it well, makes, it, adds, it makes more and more interesting conversation. Yeah, exactly. I guess you could say you can't stop your loving of that song, Hong huh, Kyle? Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, listeners, uh, let's go ahead and listen to the fourth song, Around the Sun, featuring Amo Amo. some reason i don't know why i did i just didn't like this song um i think this is another opposite case because i think this might be my favorite song really on the album yeah uh what do you not like about it i'm just curious a combination of not a fan of the bass riff the singer's not bad for some reason the singer reminds me of um julian casablanca from the strokes oh okay interesting uh, the whole song kind of did a little bit to me, which is which is weird because I like the Strokes a lot. They're like probably like top five bands. I don't know, just something, something about it just doesn't. Yeah, I've I've noticed that whenever I don't like a song, and a lot of the time I can't really pinpoint it. It's just I don't mind the I verses. Don't like <laughs> I don't the verses of the guy that are a more I don't know, but then when it goes into the refrain and it's really reverby, uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, that is interesting. I don't know. I found it 
pretty fun. So they so they actually released this as a single a few weeks ago um, when they announced the album. So it's been in my rotation for the last couple of weeks, and I've enjoyed it. Oh, um, okay. But other than that, I haven't I hadn't heard of any of these other songs prior to the release. I haven't even heard of this entire album until you told me about it. So, yeah. <laughs> so I hadn't heard of the group Amo Amo before. Uh, I from the research I did, I guess that's not too surprising. They've only been around for like two years. Mm. I don't remember whether I said it, but Poolside really is originating from. LA area and uh, Amo Amo is also from LA so it makes sense that they probably are around the same circuits or whatever so they probably know each other that way I'm guessing Um, and uh, that group only has one album out that was released just last year in 2019 so they don't have a whole lot of their own music out yet Mm -hmm. um, which is I think partially another reason I have not heard of them so anyway yeah interesting that we are kind of polar opposites in some of these songs mm-hmm. what should we do next kyle i think we should lose control okay let's listen to a <laughs> clip of losing control the fifth song listeners I, I know i know you were trying to give me a segue and i just totally dropped it That's i'm fine. just like uh <laughs> control So I will say that there's nothing on this album that I like just straight up don't like or think is bad music or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this one just didn't really stick with me at all. I yeah. Know. I don't really have the, anything specific to say about that. The, I wrote down that the opening sounds like Toto's African. Huh. Interesting. It's not bad, but it's not rememberable either. Yeah. It might, it might be that it's just too, I mean, it, I can't really fault it for being slow paced because it's both sides. So what are you going to do? But I think it's a little too um, monotonous. Maybe it doesn't really have much variance throughout the whole song, um, which might be part of the reason why it didn't really stick with me. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It's so, it's so ethereal almost to a fault where nothing stands out enough for me to remember it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird because like there's elements of it that I do like, so I wouldn't say that I don't like this song. It's just not really anything I have to say much about. Yeah, same. I don't know. Let's let's uh, move on to track six, I guess, because we don't really have much to say about that one. Um, so the sixth track is called "Low Season," also the name of the album. Let's listen to a clip of that. I really like it, but I really think it 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 could have been better. I, I know that sounds stupid. 
I think that's almost like exactly what I've been thinking in my head about this song. Because um, like, I would say this one's definitely in my top two or three. Yeah, like but there's so many. There's also elements of it that I just don't like. There's so many good pieces there. It just feels like there's something missing. Yeah. Like I like the guitar. I like the pace. I like the background. It just feels yeah. unfinished. That might be a good way of putting it. Yeah. Because I don't know. It's one that I have definitely come back to a number of times now. Yeah. But. I can't quite pinpoint what it is that there's just a part of it that I'm just, it's like, and it's not quite perfect. Yeah. You know, I love the guitar and I, I, I kind of yeah. hope they, they continue that trend that kind of, I don't know, single note guitar sound. Yeah. I thought that sounded really nice. Um, the piano adds a little bit of interesting, um, yeah. music to it as well. I felt that there's like, even though there's elements of it, I don't like, it's probably one of my favorites and it's, and I think once it gets going and gets past kind of the initial, I don't know, maybe 20 seconds or so. Um, yeah. It becomes pretty catchy. I don't know. It's just my, my opinion, I guess. Yeah. No, it's definitely in my top four. Probably I'd put it fourth. Hmm. But yeah, it's just like there's so many good pieces to it here. I feel like they could have just pushed it a bit more. Yeah. So track seven, kind of lovely, also featuring Panama. Um, let's go ahead and listen to a clip of this. Since you liked the other Panama song, Kyle, what do you think about this one? Um, this one's definitely, I think, my number three. Um, I don't, okay. I don't like it as much as "Can't Stop Your Lovin'," but it's definitely good. I obviously, apparently, just like this Panama dude. <laughs> didn't realize it. Yeah, I actually, I like this one uh, between the two that he was on. I actually like this one quite a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it has. It's, it's not in my top three, but I think it has its charm. Mm-hmm. Um, and elements of it also kind of reminded me of like reggae or dub music too. Yeah. Um, without being explicitly that kind of music, which I felt was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, some kind of the 80s synth elements in there do kind of seem very stranger things to me, which isn't bad. It's just like now I can't not associate that synth sound with anything but stranger things. <laughs> Overall, though, Kyle, would you say that that song is kind of lovely? Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Cool. So we're already to the last song then. Yay. We'll be getting through these pretty quick, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, so the last song is called Sunrise Strategies, and uh, let's listen to a clip. This is another one where I overall liked it, at least elements of it, but it was kind of forgettable to me, I suppose. Yeah. And I will say I'm not I'm not opposed to instrumental songs. 
um, which has always been kind of like part of what Poolside does in some cases. Like usually this usually a certain percentage of their tracks are instrumental. Um, and I have, you know, I have no issues with that certainly, but um, this, one, this one was fine, but um, I see that you wrote down that it was too long. Yeah. I mean, it's too long for its own good. It's like, <laughs> I was listening to it and I'm like, this is fine. But then I'm like, yeah, it just keeps being fine. And it's <laughs> fine for seven minutes. Yeah. Um, I, I had actually also written that this one was unusually long because I look back at their other albums and yeah, most of their songs are, you know, between three and four minutes. And this is the longest song to date that they've released. Wow. Um, at just over seven minutes. So I don't, I, yeah, I mean, I'm usually not paying attention closely enough to feel like, oh man, this is dragging on so much, but it, it is unusual for that reason, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that kind of goes through all the tracks. I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot of them. Um, I think if the album was any longer, we probably would have just kind of cherry picked them. Hopefully those clips give you listeners at least a little bit of an idea of what um, the overall sound is. I guess as a closing thought, I thought I might read um, from so from when they, when they announced the album a few weeks ago, um, the band leader Jeffrey Paradise kind of released this written description of how he sees the album, and I thought it might be interesting to give this uh, very flowery description here. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, "Quote: Low season as an album that is sonically and lyrically akin to traveling to someplace tropical, then finding the beaches empty and the weather uncertain." You venture down unexpected paths, discovering people and places on your journey that surprise you and provide you with a new perspective on life. While this might not be an experience you share on Instagram, it becomes a profound memory that inspires you for a lifetime. Sonically, while staying rooted in the electronic world, Low Season moves in an organic and human direction with guitars, pianos, and hand drums weaving their way through every song. Lyrically, the songs dig deep and are personal and vulnerable. This album expresses all the ups and downs and highs and lows of life, love, loneliness, success, failure, and the beauty in searching for something more. Yeah. Regarding his note about it being more organic and less strictly electronic mm-hmm. is interesting because I think there was definitely a lot more heavy emphasis on like synth um, and their first album, especially. Mm-hmm. And I think these three albums have kind of been the shift from that into now where it's largely, you know, a more traditionally instrumental experience. Um, and actually, when, so when I saw them in concert uh, almost a year ago now, I noticed that it their their performance was definitely more the traditional band setup than I was expecting going into it. Mm-hmm. Because I had kind of, you know, knowing their older music, I guess, you know, expected it to be more like more toward the end of the spectrum of a DJ set. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that's completely not what, not what they did. Um, and it wasn't a bad experience or anything. It was just different from what I was expecting. So it, that definitely shows that they've developed in that sense. Yeah. And yeah. I actually even was reading an interview earlier today where he was saying, uh, I don't remember who the interview was with, but he was basically saying like they had to basically choose one or the other because you can't really do, something in between a DJ set and a live band performance, you kind of have to pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess they, that's why it's like that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. And you know, with all the, the 
deep emotional stuff that he was talking about in this description of the album. I guess I think it makes more sense given kind of the background that we talked about earlier of Mm -hmm. developing and and exploring new things and just trying to experience different parts of life, I guess. So anyway, I thought we would kind of close on that whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, I I don't necessarily, so I I guess I'll, my final thoughts of this whole thing is like, I don't necessarily, like, I I don't think any of this is bad music, certainly. And I don't dislike this album, Mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily know if it's one that I'm going to come back to on any kind of regular basis, which I never thought I would say about one of their albums. But um, I think in a way, this is kind of where I'm, you know, like I'm, this is almost like my stop. I'm getting off here sort of situation of like, I'm going to keep you know, I'm going to keep up with them and see like where their sound goes, but I I don't see this album being in my, you know, rotation. Like core, core rotation as much like the other ones certainly are yeah. for me. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I respect definitely the choices they've made in the direction they've been going. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's time for us to get out of the pool. Yeah. Um, cause somebody peed. <laughs> Or however that joke goes. Um, if you have ever peed in a pool, tell us on Facebook at facebook.com slash getyourfunk. And if you've ever pooped in the pool, go to our website, <laughs> Jesus, getyourfunk.com, and listen to our other episodes there about all sorts of different musical things. Um, and if you're interested in hearing our prior thoughts on other works of Poolside, um, you can type their name into the search bar and get your funk.com and listen to things there that we have said. <laughs> yes. Other um, poolside things. Exactly. So, yeah, um, I agree with you. Final thought from Kyle's corner, I guess. Like, again, I feel like I've never been as, as avid of a poolside fan as you have. Like I like them, but mm-hmm. they don't end up in my, uh, current rotation too often. Right. They're just fun to listen to sometimes. But I, I kind of agree. Like, I like the stuff they're doing with Panama, but then it's like, part of me is like, if I like this Panama guy so much, why don't I just listen to him? So, I mean, it's good they're experimenting and, and, I'll, and I, I'll keep up with them, like you said, to see where they go. But, I don't know. This felt a little, little miss, a little bit of a miss to me. Yeah. If nothing else, it felt like it was just not. What's the word? I, I I feel like their other albums have each been very centered. Like they have like a very specific idea in mind, and everything kind of falls within that same idea. Um, this one feels a little less structured, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, and and again, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but that's just how I feel. Um. Anyway, if you listeners didn't want to hear opinions, then you probably shouldn't have listened to an album review. <laughs> But it's the end, so whatever. We love you. Bye. Bye.